Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who, when he was young, he learned a game when love and happiness were the same. Now he's older and he don't play. Here's my co-host from the left coast, Wayne Fugate. Hola, Ben. I mean. So for this episode, we have a very special guest. You might remember him as the front man that... Uh, Put out some of the best songs of the 80s and the early 90s, including Anything, Anything, Work for Food, What Are We Gonna Do, and Haven't Got a Clue. Their most recent record is called Color TV, and it's absolutely fantastic. Please welcome to the podcast from Dramarama, John Easdell. Good evening. Hello. Hi. Hello, John. How you guys doing? We're doing all right. We're, uh, we're, we're surviving the, the pandemic, and... Trying to trying to cope with all the things that the world is throwing at us, but uh, yeah, so far so good, right? Absolutely, no, we're we're we are living in interesting times. Whew. Understatement, right there. All right. <laughs> well, uh, the premise of our podcast is fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each episode, I ask the all important question. I'm going to start with Wayne. What T-shirt are you wearing? Oh, the other day I came home and then there's a package in the mail from my good friend in Florida. I got my I got a new Jack White Third Man Records shirt. Fantastic. You know how often I was tempted to wear that shirt? <laughs> you don't even like Jack White. I know, but you know, I know you do, and it's a really cool t shirt. So, you know, I was I was tempted to wear it, but but uh, I got it for you. All right, John, how about you? What t shirt are you wearing? It's a Best Buddies t-shirt, which is an organization that uh, uh, puts uh, regular students, uh, typical students with uh, atypical students, special needs. Um, it's a program that they have in high schools, and they get together. They, they go to lunch together. They, they go on outings together. Do, it, it, it's a really great organization. Very cool. Very cool. Always, uh, we're always up for people wearing a T-shirt of a very worthwhile charity. So very cool. Um, all right, so so Wayne, last week was my birthday, and uh, I'm wearing a uh, birthday shirt that I got from from my kids. So uh, they got me another David Bowie T-shirt. So wow, you can never have too many David Bowie T-shirts. Trust no, me. No, you can't. You cannot. You cannot. So. My right. very my my very first rock and roll T-shirt was a David Bowie T-shirt. It was actually an iron-on. You bought the you went to the store and you said, "I want iron that one on that shirt there," and that was it. Ah, yes. Well, the f- the first one that I bought uh, a couple years ago was off of Amazon and didn't realize that it was from like China, and that was an iron-on, pretty much. So I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, well, John, let me let me get the the, the fanboy stuff out of the way, because when we have guests on the podcast, where I feel like their songs were kind of a uh, a soundtrack of my life, so I kind of get all excited, and I think your song "Anything Anything" probably was added to more mixtapes than any other song. Nice. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you, thank you. In fact, it was the lead track on the mixtape that was uh, aptly titled Angry Songs, dot, 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 Kiss My Ass. (laughs) And I wish I could remember the other songs on the on the mixtape. I'm pretty sure that uh, 
Wayne Bastards of Young was probably on that 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 mixtape by the Replacements. Um, I'm I'm not sure what other songs were on that. That that's so long ago. And and John, you have a song on the new record about cassettes. Yes, yes, it's a it's a tribute to a dear friend of mine who passed many years ago, who used to make mixtapes for everybody. And uh, yeah, that was that was his uh, that was his signature thing to do. He he would make mixtapes for like a hundred different people every, every month, pretty much it was, he'd send them out, you know, it wasn't like today. You could just put a playlist up on Spotify or something. He would, he would make a tape and then make men multiple copies or he'd make special tapes for each of his friends. Very cool. Super cool. What were some of the songs or the artists that, uh, that your friend turned you on to with some of those mixtapes? Oh, countless artists that he turned me on to. Elliot Smith being one of the, only the most recent and, yeah. you know, one of the last. We actually, we include one of Elliot's songs on our album, on our, on Color TV. But uh, gosh, I can't, I can't even think of all the bands that, that I heard, never would have heard of if it wasn't for him. Yeah. The, in fact, uh, I'm going to have to skip, skip down my notes because one of the, one of the notes that I have was, uh, you guys covered Half Right, which is an Elliot Smith song, which, dude, your your version of it is just fantastic. Thank you very much. And not many people can pull off singing Elliot Smith. I think you nailed it. Oh, nice. Well, that's, that's, that's really nice of you to say. So last thing on anything, anything, and then we'll, we'll talk about your new stuff. So do you guys have songs that you still remember where and when you first heard a song that changed your life? Like I had never heard anything, anything in the eighties and I, it was, so this was 1992. Um, I'm listening to Seattle's the end radio station. I'm traveling in my Toyota Corolla. Wayne, and this 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 just tells you how ingrained this is into my memory. So I'm driving on I five, going through Fife, coming back from a Mariners game, and I think it was Marco Collins. He, I think he was the DJ. Uh, and the next day, I went to Tower Records and bought the CD, only to find out that Cinema Verite wasn't a new record. <laughs> Because I thought it was, I thought it was at the time. Oh, uh, so you you bought the new Dramarama record, and it was a uh, it was on the old Dramarama record. Co- co- correct. So I bought I bought Hi Fi Sci Fi, thinking oh anything anything's on this, and it and it wasn't. So of course I had to go back to the record store, you know, a couple weeks later, and I actually did find 
the record that actually had anything, anything on it. So, wow. So, well, sorry, sorry about that, man. <laughs> no, no, no. Hi-Fi, Hi-Fi, Sci-Fi is a great record. In fact, I saw you guys. My first and only time seeing seeing the band was for that tour. I saw you guys in Salt Lake City at the Zephyr Club with my wow. ex-fiance. Uh, and the Zephyr Club is no longer a viable club. So that mm. tells you how long ago that was. 25, 27 years or something. Were you guys planning on touring for this record? We don't go out for like weeks at a time. We would have gone out and done a bunch of shows, you know, weekend here, weekend there. You know, we're old men now, you know, so we we we, we don't feel like driving around in a van for 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 a month at a time, or, or right. even in a even in a bus. So we uh, we we go out and we were planning on hitting. You know, the major cities, if, you know, we'd go anywhere we can go, but, uh, yeah, no, no, everything's canceled. Yeah. Everything, everything is canceled. Um, and you guys were doing, were you guys doing some of the, those eighties, nineties, uh, you know, like the retro, uh, Futura or whatever they called it. Uh, yeah, we, we've, we've done a bunch of those. We were very, very lucky. I, in my opinion, are uh, very lucky to be uh, invited to do those. Of course, we you never expect to be nostalgia, but you know, for a song like anything, anything's going to be thirty five years old this year, and uh, just the idea that people still want to hear it and and it's still you know on people's minds is is mind blowing because we were all in our we were well we were young men and. You know, we never thought that the band would be around as long as it's been. So right. at, at the same time, you know, it, it, it's weird to do those shows. But it, in a lot of cities, the it are places where we never really were on the radio or, or had a, any, you know, no one knew who we were in a lot of cities. Because back in the in the 80s, you know, modern rock just wasn't uh, on the radio. It, 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 there was only a few cities that had that kind of music that kind of radio station until after grunge came along and Nirvana and Pearl jam and stuff. And then, then it started opening up and then every city had an alternative radio station. But in the eighties, it was very limited. Right. I mean, just go back to what I was talking about with the end. That was Seattle's alternative music station. And I don't think they would have played you had it not been for, you know, guys like Marco Collins who were, you know, down in the San Diego area and got, you know, talked into coming up to Seattle to be a DJ. I think he took a lot of that Southern Cal music up there with him. So, you know, he broke Beck, for instance, up there. Yeah. Well, there were a lot of stations. We re- I remember when the N came on, came on the air and I, and there was a station called live one Oh five in San Francisco. I remember when they came on the air and uh, yeah, we were, we were lucky because anything, anything kind of would move on to those stations at when they came on, you know, cause it was, uh, becoming part of the, the fabric of modern rock radio. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, you got, you, you friends with anyone in the band X? Uh, I, I've met them all. Uh, actually I've met them all except for Billy. Okay. Cause I, I, well, what's funny is, so I was talking with a couple other 50-year-old 
you know, music fans. And, and we were all just kind of going X and drama Rama must've conspired together to put out new music during the pandemic that all of us 50 year olds just wanted to hear. So, so thank you to both you and to X for that. I don't think there was, there was no grand plan. And certainly I don't think either one of us was hoping for a pandemic. Certainly not. <laughs> right. Exactly. But probably we, we, we both probably had, you know, the time frame set up and then the pandemic took place and it was like kind of too late to, to pull back and say, Oh no, let's wait. Right. So, yeah. So there you there you have it. Yeah. So so let's chat about the new record, Color TV. And um, by the Wayne Wayne, have you have you taken a look at the 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 cover for that for that record? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that that television set was in the Montgomery family room back (laughs) in the back in the 70s and 80s. That lower uh, living room that I lived in, I slept in. Yes. Sure looks familiar, right? Yeah. And it's probably a zenith. Uh, the, that television's kind of was 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 designed by our uh, our friend Dan Keegan, who's an artist. But yeah, it, it uh, the 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 Zenith was was you know obviously one of the the major makes. And you know what else? Motorola was one. RCA was a was a big one. You know, Magna, Magnavox. Magnavox. Was that one? Sure, Magnavox. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I think that I think that's what my parents had. I don't think they had a Zenith. I think they had a Magnavox. Anyways, <laughs> we're getting off on a tangent here. All right. Uh, so the song "Up to Here," where you talk about the only thing we have to fear is fear. So this th- that song has a ton of religious imagery and overtones, and I don't I don't recall too many other drama rama songs that have those kind of themes. Or did I just miss them? No. It. I was writing, I was thinking of childhood prayers and stuff. And at the same time, I was thinking of how, you know, what's really important to people nowadays. Um, You know, like what to take one example in that song, I I say, give me now my daily bread and 109 different kinds of shampoo. Um, Right. We are a consumer-based society, and uh, you know those are those are the things that matter most. To, at least, you know it's it's a commentary. You know it's 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 uh, it is what it is. <laughs> right, spirituality and and the divine have been replaced by commercialism. In a lot of in a in a lot of sense, yeah, and and it's certainly not supposed to trying to be you know pro or anti-religion. It's just. Uh, Yeah, it's just a a commentary.
I love It's Only Money. That is some classic drama-rama there, loud guitars and uh, some angrier lyrics. Uh, what's the story behind that song, It's Only Money? Uh, that and a few of the other songs on the album are are, uh, are from way back when I was uh, abusing substances. And uh, I was I actually, right after when I was trying to stop abusing substances, I, I, I wrote a few songs that among them it's only money and swamp song and uh yeah it was when i was struggling to uh to get clean two closing songs on the record um wayne you you texted me earlier and you're like you 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 is is i I can't remember what you told me it's almost like a sequel it felt uh to anything anything it's it it had this vibe like it was talking to the same person it was super cool loved it well thank you it's uh both songs are, are are very strongly felt and, and very personal, but hopefully other people listen to him and, and say, Oh yeah, I've, I've felt that way about my significant other. And, uh, yeah, I can see that there are two sides of the coin and, and 40 years apart, but, um, and, and they both were for wives of mine, but the one was for my first wife and, and the other one's for my current wife, who's actually been with me since 1986, bless her heart wow. uh good job yeah the, uh, the anything anything you know the anger and the and and the the you know whatever the angst of of anything anything was was real and 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 uh, it was a teenage wedding gone wrong so that didn't last too long but uh yeah it was it was it was someone I, that did actually marry me but we didn't stay together gotcha gotcha so what kind of uh, what kind of reception are you getting for for the new record? Considering that uh, you know a lot of these these uh, older bands, legacy bands, I guess you would call them. Um, you know, I, I already mentioned X, but there there are other bands that are putting out out new stuff. Do people just want to hear the old stuff, or are they they venturing out and listening to the new stuff and and digging it? I'm hearing really good things, but you know, no one's going to tell me, you know, no one's going to tell me the truth. They're all going to say nice things to my face. Anyway, um, I, I'm waiting to read some bad reviews. I'm sure they'll, they're, they're, they're going to come, but so far everything I've read and everything I've heard has been really positive. Um, I always say, you know, no one wants new music from an old band, but at the same time, you know, you, if you, 
play music or you write music, you're going to continue to write music uh, no matter what. And, you know, when we play those 80 shows, we're not going to play new songs, but when we play our own concerts, uh, we'll, we'll play a lot of the, our new songs. Yeah. yeah. So, so how, how long has it been since you, you wrote, haven't got a clue? Uh, when I wrote that, yeah. it, it's got to be, that would have been like the early 90s, like 90, 9, 1990, 1991, I would say. So so 30 years. So in 30 years, have you, have you figured it out? Have you gotten a clue? <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still completely clueless. Us too. All right. I'm glad we're all in the same boat. There you go. No, in, in fact, I'm, I'm more frustrated and, 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 and upset and, and screwed up. And yeah, I, I, nothing makes sense to me. I, I look, I look at the, the news and I, and I, I look at the social media and I, and I see things all the time. And I'm like, what the, right. how the, whoa, really, you know, there, there's a lot, there's a lot of head scratching. There's a lot of head scratching. I'm, I'm sure you guys have been paying attention to the news of what's going on up in uh, Minneapolis and, and, and whatnot with the, just the stupidity of, of people. So the, the horror it's, it's ridiculous, ridiculous. Every time I think that we're, we're making progress, something like this shows up on my social media and I'm just like, are we, are we making a progress? Well, the, 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 the beauty and the, the 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 sadness of of the technology now puts it all in our faces right away. You know, uh, I'm sure there used to be a lot of car chases, but they weren't all televised. You know, so the, the helicopters up there and and you're watching it happen live on television. You know, and uh, there might have been police. There obviously there was police brutality all through the years, but. Uh, it wasn't always on captured on cell phone cameras, you know, when, when, when Rodney King, when they caught that, yeah. you know, that, that was, you know, mind blowing. And, and that was the beginning of, of a lot of times when people, have, you know, th- things have gotten caught on camera, you know, and uh, it's all right there. It's instantly on your phone. And uh, yeah, it's. And think about how many years Rodney King was. I mean, that was a couple decades ago. And yet. Have we made progress? I, I, I think there, there are always going to be people who take advantage of their position if you give them a badge or, you, you, you know, but not, but that's not to say that, you know, I would say that's a small minority of, of, of people who wear a badge, you know, but they just make it look bad for everybody, you know, and, and, and it's a shame because we rely on law enforcement, you know, to protect us. Yeah. And you know, it, it, it's it's a scary thing. To- I'm sorry, I, t- I took us down a path. <laughs> my my apologies. Uh, all right, uh, one one more drama rama question. Since I listen to a lot of my music off of Spotify these days, along with you know digging out my CDs and my vinyl, so Cinema Verite is not on Spotify. Any reason for that? <laughs> Well, when when the Spotify and Pandora were were starting, uh, I didn't realize that they were going to become the thing that they have become. So, uh, the plan is to to get them up there sometime soon. But 
but uh, at the time when they first came out, I was like, well, streaming, who's going to do that? You know, that's, uh, you know, I, I, I have, I've had, a, I've made a lot of mistakes over the years, you know, like, ah, well, that's, that's ridiculous. That's, that's, that's not going to be the thing. I was just yeah. wondering if you were holding out cause you guys were going to remaster and reissue, you know, that on vinyl or something. So no, no hold out. No, 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 no grand scheme. It was, okay. it was just re- reluctance when, when the opportunity first arose and now, it's just a matter of, you know, for the last few years, I've just been concentrating on trying to get this new record done. So I haven't really wanted to deal with the, with the old music. Got it. All right. Um, all right. So last question before we dive into the record that you chose. So we, we ask all of our guests their opinion of Toto's Africa. Is it a good or bad song? <laughs> I think it's a really funny song and I never realized how funny it was until I saw uh, a guy do like a, a lecture about Africa on, on oh, yeah. YouTube. Yes. And and he breaks down the lyrics and 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 I I never realized just how how silly it was, but now that now I, I I I smile when I hear it. I used to just think, "Oh, okay, Toto, okay, yeah, whatever." But um but now I I I I truly have a uh, a greater appreciation for, for what Africa is and, and all that's included in there. Perfect. Perfect answer. I'm still waiting for, for Wayne to, um, uh, drop some of his angry man mentality and realize that, uh, Africa is just a fun song. So. Yeah, probably not going to happen. Okay. (laughs) There's a lot. There's a lot of songs like that. You know, we built the city on rock and roll. You know. Yeah. See, I can't do that one. I can't do that one. It's if if you smile and you and you laugh and you you know you you get an you know you get a chuckle out of it then you know what's that what's that saying? It's all good. You you know. Yeah, it's all good. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, John, tell tell our listeners what what record you chose to revisit for this episode. Uh, it's an album by the Kinks. It's called Arthur, or the Decline and Fall of the British Empire. All right. Any other records that you chose or uh, thought about choosing? Oh, there's a lot of them, but uh, you know that one's been top of mind for. The, actually, it's it's been one of my favorites for a really long time, and uh, it keeps coming back. There was a wonderful reissue last year, a box set, wonderful thing they put together that was wonderful and uh i also got to sing it at, at a um at a at, down boy right <laughs> what was i gonna say uh i got to sing a, at a at a at a at a tribute last last year uh, um a benefit concert oh, where cool. and uh, yeah it, it's just it's it, it it's always been one of my favorite albums and and my favorite song of all time is on there Really? Okay. Well, we'll 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 get to that. So, Wayne, you and I have talked about the Kinks on and off for for years. This is one of those bands that I keep meaning to to really do a, a deep dive on, and this was uh, this was great because it it kind of forced me into diving into to the Kinks, and uh, I have to give you a little credit, John, for for that. Um, but I also have to give some credit to. Uh, uh, another podcast that I listened to called Rock in the Suburbs. So one of the listeners there who is also a listener of our podcast, Scott Parks, he did a number of episodes 
where he kind of went through the, the, the kinks there, you know, they, they, I guess they kind of had a couple different like eras, um, of, of music. And, uh, so yeah, this is a band that I need to do more diving into. Um, Wayne, you, you told me what your go-to kinks record was, right? Uh, my go-to kinks record. Yeah. You, you, t- you, the, the one that you told me that I should go listen to. Are we having a senior moment? I, you know what? I, and I will say this. I listened to when I heard we were going to do this, I listened to this record. And then I went on, I, I just binged. I listened to give the people what they want, low budget, misfits. Um, I, I listened to uh, Preservation Society and Muscle Hillbillies. I, list, I probably listened to six seven kinks records in a in just like a four or five day period but i'm drawing an absolute blank you told me to go to go listen to destroyer oh no that's just a song on on uh give the people what they want that's what i meant yeah 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 that's see see you can tell who is not a kinks kinks aficionado on this on this podcast Uh, i'm I'm fast becoming one i i really enjoyed this um this record you gotta let soak in because on my first first listen, I'm like, oh, man, it's so British and it's pre, you know, World War Two. It all has this, you know, and then you li- I listen to it and listen to it and it starts to sink in. And you realize that these topics that he wrote about in 69, which were actually about another kind of period of time, are still relevant today. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I, I would... I would argue that the, the the Kinks are the quintessential British band, you know, uh, came along with the British invasion just after uh, the Beatles and and along with the Stones and and the Who, you know, the, that second wave, you know, '64 was was the Beatles mostly and uh, other bands from Liverpool, but then they 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 came the the next wave came from London and uh, the Kinks. And, and, and so they started out like that, but, uh, you know, the way I, the way I put them in, 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 they were on three different labels as I was growing up, they were originally on reprise. Uh, and, and then in the early seventies, they started, uh, they were on RCA Mm -hmm. and then after that they were on Arista records. So those are three distinct periods, you know, in my mind. And I think, also in, in the band, you know, that they went from being this, you know, you really got me and, and all day and all of the night, just like, you know, rock and roll band. And he, he started writing more, you know, introspective songs and, and, you know, that really did, you know, comment on what was going on in England and what it was like to be a, a young English person, you know, who grew up and, you know, was born either during the war or right after the and uh, yeah. uh, World War II, that is. And um, and then after that, he, he started doing a lot of concept records, and then they became like an arena rock band in, in, in the late 70s and 80s. Right, right. Yeah, the, the only record that I've owned by the Kinks was uh, I owned State of Confusion back in the <laughs> early 80s. Which, if you, if you compare that record to this, it's like night and day. Yeah, no, they, 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 there's definitely a, a, a wide range of styles that, that they went, went through. And, uh, you know, 
Ray, Ray and Dave were, were, were an amazing pair. And, um, you know, back then, you know, you made two albums every year or, or you know, three albums every two years or something, you know, it, 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 there's an enormous catalog in just a, a short period of time, relatively short period of time. Um, and the first time that I listened to this, so usually when I'm, I listen to a record that I'm not completely familiar with, I will avoid the Wikipedia. I will avoid the Google searches and I will just listen to the record. And then, then I will go back and I will, you know, do a little extra research and totally made sense that this is one of those concept records that you talked about, John. One of the, one of the first, uh, you know, and there's, there's, there's arguments that Tommy came before Arthur, Arthur came before Tommy, but yeah, it's right up right there at the very beginning. Uh, and the, and so this, this record came out in October of 1969. Uh, you, you mentioned a number of, of records that were done before this. So this is their seventh studio record. Um, the things that I read was that they were trying to, they were trying to put together this concept album into a television play. And they were developing the story, which was loosely based around their brother-in-law, Arthur. That's what I understand. That's what I've heard. And then of course that's all after the fact I, I, I didn't realize it when I was, when I was, you know, first experiencing the album and to, you know, you know, to be honest, I I didn't listen to this record in 1969. I was eight years old and, uh, (laughs) I was, I was listening to the Beatles, but I I didn't get around to the kinks until the seventies. And, uh, I didn't get around to Arthur till after I, I guess I discovered the, you know, aside from songs like, uh, all day and all the night, and you really got me. And and their their greatest hits. There was there was a double album called The Kinks Chronicles, that was really you know kind of dove deep into uh, Ray Davies' work, and it's where I discovered those songs. And that's then I went back and started listening to albums like this and Village Green Preservation Society, and yeah. you know, and got to really you know appreciate Ray Davies' brilliance. So did you know the kinks before you knew Van Halen and the, the kinks co- songs that they've covered? Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. Okay. Cause Van Halen was my introduction to the kinks many, <laughs> many moons ago. Um, all right. What, what else on the background of this, this record that we want to talk about before we dive into each of the songs? No, I think you nailed it. It's, it's about, you know, England and and World War Two and and just the society and and you know it really was the the decline and fall of the British Empire you know the sun never sets right right yeah. and we'll and we'll talk about one of the songs well a couple of the songs about moving to Australia because the the brother in law and the sister uh, to Ray and Dave would actually move to Australia and so there's. There's definitely some some autobiographical stuff on this. Sure, one of their, their their big hits from years later, "Come Dancing," was was about his sister. Correct. And uh, yeah, he was. He, it was all about family. There you go. There you go. 
looking at the the charts, so this album didn't do a whole lot on the charts. Um, it uh, the lead single that we'll talk about here in a moment only peaked at number sixty two on the on the singles chart. The album itself only reached number one hundred five on the Billboard album chart. Um, but the one thing that I read was this this would end up paving the way for future records of theirs, including Lola versus Power Man. Um, that kind of put them back in the forefront. Well, what happened was in 1965 or 66, I'm not sure exactly, but they were banned from playing in, in America by the uh, musicians union. I don't know what they did. They cursed on stage or, or had a fight of some sort. They, they were, they were like, you know, the precursors to the, uh, to the brothers in Oasis, the, the Gallagher's, they used to like have fights and, you know, Ray would go over and mess with Dave's amplifier. And, and, you know, they, they actually had, you know, fist fights on stage. So I don't know what it was that, that, you know, they were drunk and, and, did something stupid, but they were banned from playing in America from like 66 to 69. So I don't think they were allowed back into the country until Lola came out. Interesting. I had no idea about that. That's And that obviously contributed to the low chart positions here in America. Right. Right. You don't tour over here. You, you're out of mind, out of sight. Absolutely. But they were making these brilliant records and, uh, and I think they were doing pretty well in, in England during the time uh yeah um one last thing uh before we dive into the record so i i thought this was interesting rolling stone reviewer grill marcus said this he said this this record is less ambitious than tommy but far more musical arthur is by all odds the best british album of 1969 it shows that P p townsend still has worlds to conquer and that the beatles have a lot of catching up to do (laughs) <laughs> so well, that's can't beat that can you no so that was that was praise from back in 1969 from rolling stone so and yeah. still only didn't even break the top 100 albums no, you see no, yep. crazy all right well let's dive into the the songs uh as a reminder our scoring is based on number of songs on the record wayne how many songs on this record 12 means our top song is going to get 12 points next favorite 11 on down to lowest score of one here we go let's kick this off here is victoria
So in the U.S., uh, Victoria was their lead single. And uh, like I said, it's only reached number 62. However, that was their highest chart position since Sunny Afternoon, which uh, hit the top 20 back in 66. I'm ashamed to say why I know this song. Do you guys want to know how I know this song? I would love to hear the story. All right. So this song was featured throughout an episode of How I Met Your Mother. (laughs) He had an ex-girlfriend that was called Victoria. And so they kept playing the song throughout the the episode. Uh, Well, then I know I've heard it also. But I could have swore they at least used the music in a car commercial. I could swear I heard a car commercial with this, with this, I, at least the music, Volkswagen or something. Yeah, I thought that I heard driving. I thought that I had heard that in a television commercial, but maybe I'm, I'm incorrect. So anyways, so there you go. Um, do I lose my man card for knowing how I No, that's a great show. You don't lose nothing Okay. That. Uh, okay. All right. Um, all right. What do you guys have to say about Victoria? I love that song. I, 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 I gave it a high score. Uh, there's only one song on the album that got, got a higher score than that. And, um, I think it's brilliant. I think it sets the tone for the entire album. It's about queen Victoria and not about somebody's girlfriend or about a girl named Victoria. It's about, you know, uh, the queen, you know, and, you know, here in America, we can't really, relate to the you know the idea of royalty you know it's, it's very much a novelty for us but in, in england you know they they still celebrate queen elizabeth who's who's i think been queen longer than victoria yeah. but uh but yeah it's a it's a great jumping off point for for the album itself and uh sings the praises of of queen victoria so considering that we're talking about the timeline for this you know, the concept of this record is after World War II. If I'm correct, Queen Victoria died in 1901. So is there still, was there still a nostalgia about Queen Victoria? Yeah, I, I think, she was, I think that then? was, I think with like the expression of the, the sun never sets, they're talking about the, the saying the sun never sets on the British empire. And I think Queen Victoria was probably the pinnacle of, of, you know, where of the British empire, they, you know, still controlled, you know, many different places. Like I say, I think this is a great way to start because it's, it's Arthur's young idyllic impression of his future. Um, I, I, I think it's, if there was another song that I thought could have maybe been first, but if not for it, this is the one I would go with, but uh, I, I still, it's still the beginnings of the, the kind of the political subversion uh, are in this song, but real subtle because like I say, there's a lot of references. There's a reference to when I grow up, I shall fight and I shall die. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's got a lot of this, this propaganda that they, that they, that we all kind of deal with. You know, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter what country you're from. Your country has a history and has a story and they kind of, they kind of suck you into that. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the, the, the concept of the album is about this guy, Arthur, and, uh, you know, a guy who grew up in in England. And, and you know, Victoria was, you know, she she was the queen for so long, you know, the Victorian era. You know, it's it, they still talk about it. You know, it's kind of like I don't I, I don't know what 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 
what would be the equivalent in America because we only have presidents for eight years or whatever. But she was queen for fifty some odd years. I don't I don't know exactly how long, but you know, made a big difference. And 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 yeah, I I don't know. It's just uh, like I said, it's a great play. It's a great way to start the record. Absolutely. All right, let's get some scores on this. So Wayne, what do you got? Uh, eight. And then John? I gave it an 11. Okay. All right. And this is my top score. This is my favorite song on the record. All right. All right. So it scores high. It does. It does. Do you have birds, John? I do. <laughs> and it's right out. Uh, she's, she's starting to try to. She's, she's, she's learning uh, Pop Goes the Weasel. Oh, no. There you go. All right. All right. Next song is Yes, Sir, No, Sir. And uh, I love the beginning of the song with kind of the ominous drumming. Um, is that Dave Davies on the vocals at the beginning of the song? Uh, I don't think so. So that's just Ray singing lower. Yeah, right. yeah, he does that. He does that. He he has a couple different voices that he uses. Dave is usually higher pitched. Okay. Um, he's got like a a, a higher, reedier kind of a voice. Um, I think he sings the last song on the album and that might be the only song he sings lead on, but he was always, he was always the, the, the set, you know, the high, he, he's like the Keith to mix voice, you know, he, 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 Wayne, we, we just did an episode about Abbey road. Do you, do you get the feel that maybe the song is kind of similar to the tone of the B side of Abbey road? Lots of changes in the song. I didn't specifically think of uh, that's of that, but I did write down in my notes. It's got a Beatles quality to it. Um, I love, I love the guitar in this, and I the drums that you're you're referring to. I love that they they use that military style, but they use a different snare, and it, so it didn't sound as tight. But I love the duality of this song, where that first that first big verse is like from the happy sunshiny recruiter telling you about you're going to be all you can be. And then that much more sinister sounding voice he uses in the second chorus where he's talking about how, um, you know, we're going to, they're fighting for their homes to give the scum a gun and make the bugger bite. So there's a real, like a real difference in those, the, the difference in those two verses is just, it's just, it's brilliant. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, you start out with that uh, optimism and, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to, you know, do my part for my country. And, and, and it's all, it is very bright and shiny. And then when you get into the, the d- deeper into the song, you, you it's, uh, 
it's a lot different. It, 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 it's a darker tone for sure. Talking about shooting the deserters uh, and then giving a medal to his wife. I mean, that's, that's dark. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, but, 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 but not as dark as it's going to get oh, in, no. in, for, in, in that military vein. That's true. That's true. All right. Uh, this is my sixth. John, what's your score? I gave it number seven. All right. And Wayne? I also gave it a seven. All right. Next song, Some Other Son. talking about the uh the the darker tone right uh yeah yeah yeah. this is uh this is probably one of the the strongest anti-war songs in a way you know and if you think about it now looking back i i I, you know if you think about it in terms of vietnam and what was going on in the world in 1969 you know it it was very anti-war and at the same time it was anti-world war ii so I, it, it, you know, it, it doesn't come across as a, as, as, as a hippie kind of a, you know, yeah, peace kind of a thing. That's what I was going to say. It's, it doesn't come off as a protest song because it's all so factual. Like this is, this is really what happens. This is, this is the story that's gone on. I mean, that's, this is the song that's the most universal and the most timeless. There's still mothers whose sons aren't going to come home even today, whether it's, uh, England, America, it's still happening. And I, this is the song that broke the whole concept open. Like the whole thing, like I said, I had to listen to it repeatedly and it started to sink in. And I started to see these these themes that I thought were very British-centric and very, you know, period piece. All of a sudden, just they just crumbled. This song, um, I thought it was it was absolutely amazing. Because like I say, it, it's, it is a anti-war, but it doesn't sound like a protest song. It, it's just, he's just basically just giving you the facts. It was. It was- yeah. Very, very, very matter of fact. And, and sad, you know, it's yeah. And my, my last note on this particular song was, um, I think us Americans forget that Britain fought in the Vietnam war as well. Uh, I, I believe so. We, you know, after after World War Two, you know, America kind of called the shots, you know, with NATO and everything. And it was like if if we were somewhere, then every, everybody joined in with us. Correct, correct. All right, uh, Wayne, what's your score on this? Uh, nine. And then John, I gave it a five, just because when I was scoring it, you know, there, there's a lot of them that I, in the middle there that I that, that if you asked me today, it would be different than when I scored it three days ago, and uh, yeah, no, this is a ter- this is a terrific song, and and you know, if I could give them all twelves, I would, but uh, 
but yeah, for, for various reasons, I, I, I it, it, when I look at it, I'm like, wow, why did that come out so low? But, uh, but what are you going to do? It's okay, John. We hear this uh, just about every episode from our guests, so we get it. <laughs> it's- yeah, I'm looking at another. I'm looking at some of the ones that I scored way higher, and I'm like, "Wow, how did that beat some other son?" But it, you know, it's it's not a happy song. So there you, go. you know, at the, at the, at that moment, I was like, "Yeah, man, that's a downer." I'm going to give that that score. I'm going to give it a five. There you go. Well, I'm matching your five on the on some other son. All right. Um, Next song is Driving. Yeah, I love that song. Uh, That's great. Uh, This was released as a single in the UK uh, and didn't didn't hit on the UK charts. And according to one thing that I read, that that this song is based on real experiences from Ray Davies childhood when his family would drive from London to the country. So there you go. Uh, Nice. More more autobiographical (laughs) info on this. Do you, do you guys find going back to the theatrics of this of this record, knowing that they were trying to to you know create a teleplay based off of this, is it interesting to you guys where you go from some other son and um, yes or no sir, which are more dark to this happy driving we're just driving in the country type of song well it makes sense especially given what you said this is a little a little kids kind of a a song you know the kids going you know going for a ride in a car which i think you know was probably a big deal in those days i don't and i don't think you know they if you're a city dweller not everybody had a car and and you know even today in in london not everybody has a car just like you know in new york city not everybody has a car um and and I and and this is definitely more of a um, you know we're going to go off on a picnic kind of a feeling, even though he 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 still refers to things that are going on with the, with the war and stuff. Yeah, kind um, of a kind of a mood setter the way as I could say because you're right, it doesn't have a lot of the there's not a lot of the political references of the time, but but uh, it's kind of like I say, it felt like it was trying to create a, a different mood because this one kind of highlights Arthur's obliviousness to this to this whole system for lack of a better word that Ray Davies is, is starting to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. All right. Anything else on driving? No, I just love, I, I love the melody and, yeah. and just the feel of it. it it's a ha- it's, it's one of my favorite songs on the record. Yeah. All right. John, what's your score on this? I gave it a nine. All right. And then Wayne. A six. All right. And this is my 11. 
All right. Next song is Brainwashed. I have the benefit of seeing scores in advance. Wayne, you like this song a little more than John and I do. What do you love about this song? Well, it's so, um, it's not all of the, you know, I've used the word subtle a couple of times where he's kind of putting these, these references into different songs. And this time, sometimes, yeah, sometimes you got to use a hammer and he's not, this is this from 1969. I can see little Joey Strummer and little Johnny Lydon, listening to this and and things changing in the future because this is so punk rock like this is loud and aggressive and talks about how you're being conditioned and they've got you down on your knees and that he's no longer being subtle he wants to he's making sure the point comes across and I, I i and there's this great it's got this great guitar riff in between these really super cool horns. And then the, the, the line toward the end or the, towards the middle with the aristocrats, bureaucrats or dirty rats. It just was awesome. I loved it. I think, you know, growing up in America, we're not as familiar with class struggle, you know, and, and the idea of that, and, and absolutely, you know, the, 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 the punk thing really, you know, it made me more aware of it, but, but he's definitely right here. You know, he, he's, he's, He's spelling it out for you. Yeah. Uh, shortest song on the record at two minutes and 34 seconds. So um, if, you, if you're going to go punk mentality, Wayne, you got to go shorter song, right? Yeah. And this has got some great tambourine in it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that's great. All right. Um, let's get some scores. Wayne. This is my favorite song. I gave it a 12. All right. John. Nice. I gave it a six. Okay. This is my seven. All right. Next song is Australia. I love Australia. I think that's one of the, I just love the whole, 
the whole vibe of it, the idea of it, and the idea that, you know, Australia is like this paradise far away and it's, uh, oh, it's beautiful. And it's, you know, it's like Hawaii, you know, it's just it's tropical and you can go surfing and, and it's just so far from the, the dull and dingy darkness of, of London and of England. Yeah. And uh, again, going back to the autobiography of, of things. So, you know, sister and brother-in-law, Arthur, they went to Australia. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, I love, I love the line of nobody's got a chip on their shoulder. <laughs> it's a place where you can go to escape uh, the class, the class war. You know, you, you can go and just be whatever you want to be and, and do whatever you want to do. And you know, it, it says it right there, you know, no class distinction, no drug addiction. You get what you work for the chance of a lifetime. It, it's just, yeah. it's just the best place in the world. Do you guys get a beach boy vibe when he starts talking about it? We'll surf like they do in the USA. Kind it's, of feel like they they threw I didn't a little get bit a of a Beach Boys vibe. Beach there. Boys vibe. Oh, even the. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say they even they even throw the ooh. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty blatant. I thought it came off as a as a commercial, which I thought was brilliant and worked really well. But my only pro- problem was that the, it continued on past the point where I thought. Like the fun, sunny, come to us. It's that it reminded me of one of those. Remember those airline commercials from like the the mid seventies? It reminded me of of something like that. Like it was really selling Australia, which I'm I'm sure it was exactly the point. Well, and and I think from the standpoint of scores, so the fact that this is the longest song on the record at six minutes forty one seconds, I do feel like it does get it does get drawn out. A more. Oh, the, the, there's no question that the last two minutes, three minutes, it's, it's just, it's kind of just, uh, yeah, it, 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 I, I hear that and, and, and I understand that. And yeah, everything happens in the first two, three minutes, but it's still that, that first two, three minutes, just, I love it so much. Yeah. The, the, the drawn out outro is very Tommy esque to me. It- yeah, it's it, it is it's 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 uh, it's a stoner thing, I think. You know, it's it's the hippie thing is 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 coming into play here. Now, considering that I don't know their discography as well as as the two of you do, do they go? Because this the outro is kind of jam bandish to me. Do they mm-hmm. go? Do they go jam band on some of their records? No, not 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 necessarily. That might be that, and the and this is about as 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 deep as they go that way. I would say. Okay. Okay. Just curious. All right. Let's get some scores on this, Wayne. A uh, five. And then John. I gave it a ten. Okay, and I give this a nine. And this is the point where we would be flipping the record over. And let's flip it over. And this is Shangri-La.
And um, John, get us started on Shangri-La. Might be, well, it is my favorite song, I think. I, what I think is the greatest song ever written, maybe. You know, and, and a lot of other, you know, if, if I was doing my top 10, you know, uh, on a weekly basis, uh, two through two through 10 would probably change. But number one would always be Shangri-La. I just, I just love this song. See, I hear that all the time with Waterloo Sunset. I, I understand that. I know a lot of people really love that song. I really love that song. There's, there's no question about it. I think it's great. But Shangri-La just just speaks to me. I, I, I like the way, you know, kind of in that Pete Townsend vibe where there's there's different parts to the song, you know, where, where it could be like three different songs, but it's all in one song. And uh yeah, I just I, I I like where it where it starts and where it goes. Yeah, uh, this was released as the second single from the record, and again didn't didn't chart. Members of the band thought highly of the song, though. In fact, uh, bassist John Dalton said this was his favorite Kink song ever. So yeah, so so you're not alone, John. I just I love the the, the the lyrics are just brilliant the 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 the, the melodies are brilliant and yeah I, I like I was saying before I, I got to sing this at a at a at a benefit last year uh, and it was one of my on stage highlights of my life very cool Wayne anything on Shangri La yeah you know I liked as I was listening to it I I really liked this song it was I could I knew it was going to be one of my top songs but when I actually got to where I was reading the lyrics and listening to it. And I just, I just sat there slack jawed. Cause just like, you know, John said, this song is, is brilliant and talk about universal. This is still the kind of, I mean, the American dream, you get a house, you get a car, you buy a flat screen TV, all of this stuff. You just, you're, the whole thing is about accumulating just this certain level of stuff. That and I mean I think there's even a line in there about give them enough to keep them from complaining. It might not be this song, but that line is is used in this record. It's the idea that you know the the aristocrats and bureaucrat and dirty rats let us have just enough to make us happy, and we live in these you know these houses. Like say there's a line in there about we had he names his house Shangri-La because all the houses look the same. You have to name them, which I haven't named my house, which is something I'm going to start working on. But uh, I just, I just love, I love this song, and lyrically and musically, is if it wasn't for the punk rock thing that happened in Brainwash, this was this is my second favorite song. The the only lyric about complaining I see is the little man who gets the train got a mortgage hanging over his head, but he's too scared to complain because he's conditioned that way. Yeah, and it might have been another song, but there is somewhere okay. that the idea of of complaining giving him just enough to keep him from complaining or slash revolting and demanding universal health care. Right. Right. Uh, perfect. All right. Well, we already know John's score, like not just for the record, but universally, this is a 12. Yeah, no, this is, this is, yeah. this is the, the nay plus ultra. There you go. Wayne, your score. Just one below that at 11. And then I'm just one below that at 10. Uh, spoiler alert, this is our top song. So, there you go. All right, next song is Mr. Churchill Says. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, again, I was going back to the timeline where I was looking at Victoria. So now we're jumping to World War II. Are we jumping back to World? Is it back to World War II? Or I, I, I think Victoria is kind of like a, a you know, you're looking at at the past and you know our 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 greatest time you know that that what a wonderful time it was and and what a wonderful queen she was and and how wonderful you know i i don't think uh, if you were born when victoria was still queen by this by the time of world war ii you would be in your 40s yeah. uh, um so it, it was more like a nostalgic look back, and and this is more like Mr. Churchill says, like they're listening to the radio and they're, and they're hearing what he's saying during the war. Gotcha. What do you guys think about the uh, air raid siren sound effect that's put in this oh, song? Classic. You have to. I think you have to. There's a lot of things on this record where you know, it, it, it you know. As far as concept records go, I, I don't think any other really, you know, it, it's not like a wild psychedelic concept, you know, it's, it's a very, you know, you can, you can, you can picture the television program that it, that it would have been, you oh, know, it, it just, it, it, the, 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 the pictures that it paints are, aren't, you know, outlandish or, or, or you know, otherworldly. It, it's, it's very much a, you know a real life story. Right. Um, I only know, so there were a couple names that were mentioned in this one. I only know Mountbatten cause, uh, I watched the crown. So I think, <laughs> I think he's in one or two episodes, but I didn't know who Vera Lynn was. Did you guys? Well, she's, she's in, uh, she's in, uh, they, they talk about her in the wall, don't they? Vera, Vera, Vera Lynn. Yeah. yeah. She was, um, okay. She was a, a, a female singer and she was very, I think she was a radio star and she, I, I think she sang the white cliffs of Dover. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. She was a, she was, she was the one we had Kate Smith singing America, America, God shed his grace on thee. They had Vera Lynn saying, let's bring the boys back home. And uh, yeah, there'll be blue skies over the white cliffs of Dover. Perfect. See, I'm learning stuff today. That's great. <laughs> I love it. Well, Montgomery was a general. I know that. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Great, great last name too. Yes. Um, All right. uh, Let's get some scores. Wayne, what do you got? I I give it a 10 because it's got this great kind of a bluesiness to it. Um, It doesn't sound like any of the other songs. And then once again, you, you think Mr. Churchill says, and it kind of gives it this, this, this English centric, kind of feel but then you're listening to the song and you break it out and this is the same i mean 9-11 came to mind a tragedy happens an attack of sorts and the country you know rallies around it and 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 they 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 kind of feed that a little bit the the powers that be to get everybody on board with in one going in one direction so i gave it a 10 if i didn't say okay. and you and you gotta think you know they were they were getting bombed during the war, you know, it wasn't like, you know, we've been lucky in America, you know, since the civil war, we haven't really had any, any battles on our, on our, on our, you know, well, Pearl Harbor, but, but, you know, we haven't had, you know, war, you know, hasn't really touched us in that way. You know, I I guess you could say nine 11, but 
they, they haven't been, you know, they, they bombed them every night, yeah. you know, oh, they, yeah. they, 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 the, the, yeah. the planes were coming over and, and, and dropping bombs yeah. and, uh, those, those sirens Matt, get out of the streets. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that, 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 that colors your experience, especially if in, in case of the Davies boys, they were probably little kids when that was going on. All right. Um, this was my eight. And then John, I gave it a four, but you know, this scoring thing, you know, I, 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 I had no choice, but to give lower scores. Yeah. If I could, I'd give a, uh, Shangri-La 12 and everything else an 11. There you go. All good. All good. All right. Next song. She's bought a hat like princess Marina. But he can't afford a rose Buy a second hand for He tries to feed his wife and his family and buy them clothes and shoes they can wear. But he's bought a hat like hands of Eden, so he John, you like this song way more than Wayne and I do. So talk, talk us, talk us out of our crappy scores. I'll be honest with you. I have a, a very, very nostalgic feeling about this song. And, and, and the reason why is it was introduced to me by uh, Lance Loud in, in a television show called An American Family. And um, before I heard it by the Kinks, I heard it by Lance and, uh, uh, a guy I, I, I've, I've grown to become friends with, uh, Christian Hoffman. And if you're familiar with American Family, it was the very first ever, quote-unquote, reality TV show. Um, a guy took a camera to this family's house in Santa Barbara, and uh, they moved in, basically, and, 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 and followed this family around. Hmm. And um, it, 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 cinema verite at its finest. Uh, there you go. Uh, and so that's where I was introduced to this song and it's why I love it. And, and if anything, I like Lance and Christian's version better than I like the kinks version. But, but for that reason, I, I, I it holds a special place in my heart. There you go. That's cool. Appreciate the story. Um, I, I do love the way that they've used the beginning music to kind of conjure up the images of the Royal family. Got this processional type of musicality to it. Um, I don't know. Wayne, is that a kazoo I hear in the song? I, I believe it is. Yeah. Did that, did that, did that factor into your low score? Um, I guess certainly in a way it did. It was that old timey, um, music, because I think once again, I, 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 I'm not beating this, but once again, they've taken the, the idea is you buy a hat like Princess Marina or a hat like Anthony Eden's and how it's still relevant to this day that you want to drink the champagne that Diddy drinks or the, you want to get the watch that Rick Ross has, or you want to do these things that the pretty people do and the pretty people have even, I mean, this is, 
50 years ago. Yeah. That's a brilliant song. Yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, it's about if you, yeah. Uh, product placement. And you know, I, I, I have a hat like princess Marina and I, I wear it when I'm scrubbing the stairs and, and when I'm cleaning the windows and, you know, it, it's, it, again, it, 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 it illustrates the class thing going on there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Wayne, your score. This is my lowest score. All right. John. I gave it an eight. And this is my two. So sorry, John. No, no, no. I totally get it. It's, you know, it, it, Dave got into, I mean, uh, Ray got into the the English music hall kind of a thing. And, and, and he always went back to that. It's not a rock and roll song by any stretch of the imagination. It's, uh, right, right. and neither is the next one. No, it is not. Let's, uh, let's go to the next one. This is Young and Innocent Days. Here's how little I thought about this song. I have zero notes about it. Um, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it, w- it was my lowest scoring song for sure. Wayne, and you got it's, anything? I got, I love the way he sings young and innocent days, but the rest must didn't do much for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's looking back in those young and innocent days and yeah, you know, I, I, I guess it has a place, but it's definitely not my, it's my least favorite song is i gave it the lowest score yeah this this would be one of those wayne we've we've done a number of 90s records where you've got the transition song this is a transition song right oh yeah it just and like i say and for me it lacked some of that that political commentary yeah that the rest of the that a lot of the record has this is my lowest score as well wayne uh three okay Next is nothing to say.
wanted to say is what I had to say about the previous song. Um, anyone else have to look up Chill Blains? <laughs> I didn't, but I should have. I didn't know what it was, so I had to look it up. WebMD came to the rex- rescue. Uh, you guys know what it it's is? like when you have it's like when you have the shivers, isn't it? Yeah, like when you're when you're shivering. Yeah, so it's uh, it, so here's the definition: it's a painful inflammation of small blood vessels in your skin that occur in response to repeated exposure to cold, but not freezing air. It's also known as pernio, and it can cause itching, red patches, swelling, and blistering on your hands and feet. There you go. Ah, see, that's more than I knew about it. Yeah, see, you were looking up other stuff, and I'm looking up, you know, rheumatism and chillblains. So, all right, uh, let's get back to the music of this. Uh, Wayne, what do you got to say about Nothing to Say? Uh, This was Cats in the Cradle before Cats in the Cradle. Mm, Okay. I can see that. Where you're, you're talking about the uh, yeah, it's the son growing, you know, the, it's the son's relationship with the father. He's grown up and and he's moving on. He's got the references. Remember walking you by my side. You were my papa. I was your pride. And then there's um, now I've got my I've got a house and I've got friends of my own and I can't do tomorrow what we did yesterday. Going yeah. our separate ways. Yeah, cats in the cradle, silver spoon. Yeah, because you have to worry about your life insurance and your trade union and your independence. So for Papa, I got nothing to say. That's right. Uh, I I never thought of it, but that's absolutely uh, it, it, it's very much the same the same headspace. Yeah, yeah. John, anything else on nothing to say? No, you know, uh, I'm looking at my scores for the last few songs on the record and. Uh, the, it starts out so strongly and, and, and I don't know if it was just my listening when, when I was, when I was, uh, when I was, you know, my, my experience with this album, but, uh, no, it, it, the la- I, I've got nothing to say. There you go. All right. <laughs> uh, John, your score on this one. Three. All right. And Wayne. Four. And this is my four as well. And then let's wrap this up with Arthur. And now that I know that this album is a concept record, this song totally makes sense to me as an album closer. Um, and I, I guess it kind of calls back to Shangri-La as well during this, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, clocks in at five minutes, 24 seconds. So it's the second longest song on the record, mostly because of the repetitive ending. 
Um, I had this as high as my nine at one point this week, but the more I listened <laughs> to the record, so I, uh, I enjoyed the outro on this song less and less. Um, cause it is super long and repetitive. Um, it totally sounds, it totally sounds like a theme song. And so yes. I, that was the thing. So it either had to be first or it had to be last. I get that they made the decision and I think it was the right one, but being a theme song, you can't run long. You and theme songs. If you go, if they get, if they go on too long, they become annoying. And that's what happened. I love the first like minute and a half. It's it's great. And I think, but then it started to become, yeah, just annoying for a lack of a better word. They, they yeah, that's why it was my nine at one point. I I like the song. I like every song in this album. But yeah, it wasn't my favorite. And and. A lot of the other songs are kind of our first person-y. And this one is just like, this is like you said, it's the last song on the album. And it kind of basically says, it kind of tells you the story in a different way. But it's like, it's like almost a different narrator telling the story, you know? Mm, I didn't pick that up. That's okay. I'll have to listen to it again with that lens. All right. Anything else on Arthur? Closing track? That's all I got. All right. Let's let's. Let's get some scores. Wayne? Uh, two. And John? Two. And this is my three. All right. This is usually where I say, did we cover everything? But I wanted to just chat real quick about the deluxe version, because that's what I listen to um, on Spotify. So the deluxe version, and John, I think you you kind of mentioned this as well, that uh, the, the reissue has a lot of stuff on it, including a Dave Davies album. Yeah, there was, yeah, the, 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 it's an amazing, uh, the guy who put it together, his name is Andrew Sandoval, and uh, he did, he also did a, the same treat gave the same treatment to the album before this one, which is called We Are the Grill- Village Green Preservation Society. Um, a, just an amazing guy. He used to work for Rhino Records, and he's 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 done box sets for all kinds of uh, bands over the years. Um, he also did a uh, you know a lot of compilations for Rhino too. Uh, but uh, just incredible, incredible. Uh, and a lot of these songs that that came out uh, in the box set were you know out came out in dribs and drabs on other on other things over the years there was an album called the great lost kinks album Mm -hmm. and also some of these songs appeared on that album i was talking about before uh the kinks chronicles it was like a it's kind of like a greatest hits but also like a rarities kind of it was like a mixture of the of the two and um i think it was it was something that was was put together just to try to show the brilliance of of ray davies in, in a period when you know, from 66 to 69, they were virtually unknown here in the, in the States. Right. Right. Was there any songs on the deluxe version that were left off of the original album that you felt like maybe should have been on the album? Maybe, you know, go looking at our scores of, you know, like, um, uh, young and innocent days, maybe replacing that or replacing nothing to say. Is there anything there that you see that maybe Plastic Man should have been on there instead? Well, you know, you know, there's songs that I like that I like more than some of the songs on Arthur, but they don't fit the concept. I don't think, yeah. and I think that's why. You know, I I, I think 
you know, I, I think there was a script that written for the for the television program, but it never was actually filmed. You know, yeah. And a lot of these songs like Plastic Man or King Kong, which I I love that song, King Kong, um, just never f- wouldn't have fit into the, the the concept of what Arthur was. You know, they're, they're, they're very, very much of, of a piece. I'm surprised that nobody has tried to like resurrect this and do like a, a Netflix you know, 90 minute special of doing this as a teleplay. I'm really surprised on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it wasn't a real, it wasn't a bestseller. <laughs> it's right. not, it, you know, as beloved as it is, as it is in my, in my household, uh, I don't think it's, you know, a lot, I, I don't think it's, it just probably isn't popular enough. And, and uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it would be very cool. I think he could it could easily be done, but but yeah, I don't know. Talking to you, Jacob Dylan would be better than Echo in the Canyon. <laughs> um all right. Um all right. Well, did we cover everything? Did we miss anything on Arthur? I don't think so. I think I think we were, we that was what they call a deep dive. We we dove yes. deep. Yes. All right. I already Let's look at our top five based off of our cumulative scores. I already uh, told you that Shangri-La was going to be our top score. Any guesses on number two? Victoria. Victoria. Average score of 10.33 on that. Uh, Driving, 8.66. Average score. Brainwash was our fourth. That was mostly because (laughs) of uh, Wayne's top score uh, with the punk sensibilities on that and Australia rounded out our top five. So nice. Very uh, cool. It, uh, our low scores, unfortunately, uh, knocked out your, your number eight or your, your eight score. She's bought a hat like princess Marina. So sorry. about that. I, you know what? That's just a personal favorite. And I gave you the whole long story <laughs> about that. So I know that's yeah. why I feel bad. That's why I brought it up again. No, no, but, but that's just, you know, that's just personal preference. I don't think it, I really don't think it's that even, you know, it might not be in the top five of the, of the best songs on the record, but I, I just have, it has a special warm place in my heart. Absolutely. John, this was awesome. Yeah, this was, this was great. Thank you so Thank- much for bringing this up and uh, b- forcing me to to listen to the kinks more than just in in passing tone. So thank you very much. Well, go back now and, and listen to albums like Face to Face and Something Else and uh, uh, Village Green. Um, I mean, just just brilliant, brilliant works of art and and shows what you know what Grail Marcus said about how uh, you know how how Ray Davies was you know possibly the best yeah. songwriter of English songwriter of the 60s absolutely yeah all right uh, last question I lift this from a fellow podcaster here in Orlando who does the Scotch and Good Conversation podcast so John who do you know that I don't know who should join us on this podcast to revisit one of their favorite records Gee, I don't know. You mean like <laughs> some other art artists? You mean? Yeah, uh, an- another big uh, music fan like yourself. Oh, I c- I couldn't even begin to suggest. I I couldn't even guess. You know, I mean, most guys that play music are big music fans, but uh, you know, some 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 are uh, 
uh, you know, f- I, I could see myself being a, a rock critic, you know, or a rock writer if, if I hadn't become uh, a musician, uh, a songwriter, you know, I, I could see myself writing about records, yeah. but, but I don't know. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm sure there's tons. All right. Well, we'll chat. If anyone comes to mind, send them our way. All right. Uh, so let's wrap this up. So as a reminder, you can find all of our old episodes by going to recordsrevisitpodcast.com. You can find us on the socials at Podcast Records is our Twitter handle. Wayne Man's the Instagram page. Just search for Records Revisit Podcast. I'm on Facebook as well. John, where can people find you and Dramarama? We're at thedramarama.com or dramarama.us, and we're on Facebook, and uh, you know, all, all we have a presence out there. Although I'm, I'm not real big on all of them. I, I just, you know, I'm too old. Uh, I'm practically a luddite. <laughs> uh, I completely understand. All right, so thank you everyone for listening. Please go support the arts. This would be the part where I tell you to uh, go to a live show, but you know the drill on that. So go support your, your favorite musicians, go check out their Instagram lives their YouTube lives, etc., and be sure to, uh, to donate to them Buy a t-shirt of the band by record. And we are records revisited and we are out. out.